from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Uh, check it out now. Uh, no doubt now. Good Tuesday morning to you. It is a numbers game right here at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Sirius XM Channel 204, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Sling, and Game Plus. It is Gil Alexander. Jason Kahn is here as well. Good morning to you, Jason. Hey, Gil. Good morning. Uh, it does not get any better than this today. I don't think I could be more excited for our next guest. Uh, Jason Weingarten will be here later. Paul Sporer to give us a, a full Major League Baseball playoff preview. Uh, Drew Densick to talk about the game last night, NFL in general, French Open tennis. I don't know, maybe throw in some NBA, how he feels about the Heat and the Lakers. Uh, but we begin today's show uh, with the very first guest I ever had here on a numbers game at VEASAN. Very first, very first day. Also kind enough to come on the podcast, the Beating the Book podcast, several times before that. From Phuket, Thailand, by request. The, uh, the legendary founder of Las Vegas Sports Consultants and the best-dressed man in any sports book and the best-dressed man on this show, quite frankly. It's Roxy Roxborough. How you doing, Roxy? Hey, Gil. I've gotten overexposed now. I think I've been on three times this year. <laughs> That's right. I think, I think you'll be able to withstand that kind of overexposure. First of all, thank you for doing this. Uh, for those who are uh, jumping on here, it's like, what's Roxy going to talk about? Is he going to talk baseball? Uh, I'm sure Roxy might say a word or two about baseball if we can coax it out of him. I don't know. Uh, but primarily, Roxy, uh, you wanted to talk about elections because tonight is the first debate between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And so we, uh, we take this opportunity to go through a little election history. Can I ask you a couple questions first? Sure. One, what, to your knowledge, when was the first time there was ever any widespread odds on an election? Oh, probably um, the first Ulysses Grant administration. The Ulysses Grant administration. So early 20th century. Uh, well, 18, what, 60, 1866, I guess. Oh, Ulysses, Ulysses Grant. Ulysses. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Pardon yeah. me for my, for yeah. my poor recall of that. Yes. That's the 18th president of the United States offhand. Is that correct? Uh, that I wouldn't know. I know that, um, there is a website called, uh, sports odds history and they have uh, elections, uh, odds that they've dug out of newspapers that go back about, a. Uh, 100 and, oh, 150 years or so. That's my buddy Blake, but, yes. Yeah, Blake. So uh, he, he does painstaking research and uh, looking through old papers for references to odds on, on any sport. I mean, I've only, well, since I've been alive, Harry Truman was president when uh, 
that's the first one that I was alive, so I, I, I can't really comment on too much before that. Okay. By the way, did I redeem myself, Jason, with 18th president, Ulysses Grant? That was impressive. Thank you. Thank you very much. Quick bounce back for young Gil here on the show early. Quick bounce back. All right, so 1948 was the famous one that you just alluded to. That was where Truman, the iconic photo of him holding up the newspaper that said Dewey defeats Truman. They had already called that one in favor of Dewey, but it did, in fact, go to Truman. Yeah, that one, Truman was, you could get 10 to 1 easily. Actually, closer to the election, you could get more, and you could probably get around 15 to 1 with New York bookies. It was an interesting story in that uh, the media was all New York-centric at that time, much more so than than it is now. And uh, Dewey was from New York, and he was just winning in the East Coast polls, and the polling the rest of the country wasn't, well, it was sporadic. And when the early results came in, it just reaffirmed what everybody thought. Um, he won most of New England. He won New York, of course. And they more or less uh, declared him the winner. And, of course, uh, once um, they got west of Pennsylvania, he didn't win much at all. Won Indiana and Michigan, and that was about it. And I, it reminds me a little of the uh, Trump Hillary Clinton election in that the media on the coast really didn't uh, follow what was going on in the middle of the country at all. And so they were pretty shocked with the Trump Clinton result. But basically, they just had no uh, touch or feeling what was going on in the middle of the country. And I think that was the same with uh, uh, Truman and Dewey, too. Yeah. A uh, couple Eisenhower uh, victories in the 50s, 52 and 56. John Kennedy, of course, in 1960. Uh, LBJ in 64. He then begged out Richard Nixon in 68 and then again in 72. 76 was one you wanted to highlight where Jimmy Carter, peanut farmer from Georgia, out of nowhere, really, politically, won that election. Yeah, that was eight, that was 80, actually. 76, he uh Ran a very close election and betting election with Gerald Ford, because uh, Ford was the caretaker president at that time. So what happened in, in 80, that was my first experience with actually losing my own money on an election. Uh, <laughs> I, w I was a uh, street bookmaker at that time, which is a euphemism for illegal bookmaker, and I was doing it in Las Vegas. And we didn't have presidential odds because we didn't care too much about it. But I had a couple of guys ask me about it, Gary Austin and Hank the Tank Comer and these regular customers. And, you know, I, I know some people around the country, of course, other bookmakers. And we got some odds. And basically, with a month ago, it was Pickett. So we put it up 120 Pickett. I think we only took $300 because um, we were taking dimes on everything else back then. So what happened was... We keep getting requests for it every day, nobody bet. Then all of a sudden, the guy who never pulls the trigger, well, what happened is after a couple of weeks, since no, really nobody bet on it, we just raised a lick, uh, limit to a dime, just like everything else. And then a guy who hardly ever takes the worst of anything came and bet uh, on Reagan. And then the next day, he bet on Reagan. And then the next day, about three or four people <laughs> phoned up and wanted to bet Reagan. So this was an election. Actually, the polls had it very, very close, and so did the bookmakers with two or three weeks to go. And then it just broke all one way. And uh, it just—well, it ended up being a Reagan landslide in the Electoral College, although he only won by five million votes. But the Electoral College, I think, was, you know, was just a total wipeout. So it goes to show you a couple of things. Polling's got a lot better these days than it used to be. And I think the other thing to, to notice is that um, when these elections break, the nature of the Electoral College is it's not that hard to get a landslide in the Electoral College, even if the popular vote is, is not that far off. It's Gil Alexander. It's Roxy Roxborough from Phuket, Thailand, uh, talking election history. Uh, I mentioned 76 was, was Carter. Uh, 80 was the election you're referring to, Carter's uh, attempt at re-election uh, against Ronald right. Reagan. By the way, do we have the electoral map? I don't know if we have it in 80 or 84. 84, Reagan's re-election was, was a big landslide against Walter Mondale. Uh, 88, uh, it was uh, Reagan's veep, uh, his vice president, George Bush, 
who uh, mm-hmm. who won against Michael Dukakis. Uh, then in 92, it was uh, Clinton and his reelection in 96, Clinton and Dole. What is your recollection of that? Well, when Clinton won in 92, it became apparent to me, I was a little late to this party, but I was in the top tax bracket at the time. It became quite apparent that Democrats were going to raise people's taxes. And then I decided that I was going to vote on every Democratic candidate from now on. I'm really not that political, but I just saw this as a way as a hedge because I knew my taxes would go up. And I was just going to get a little back before I had to send it back to the government. So in the, uh, the Clinton-Bob uh, Dole election, it wasn't, it wasn't close when it closed, but uh, Caliente uh, opened at 220, Clinton 220. And this is, Caliente used to take really large bets on a couple of things back then. One was pre- presidential elections, the other was the Kentucky Derby Future Book. And I was able to bet them for, to win 20,000, and then I um, made some other bets with bookmakers around the country. And then it just uh, skyrocketed out of control. Um, Dole never got any traction, and I think it closed something like uh, Clinton was one to 10 favorite when it closed. And since then, I've, I've made a substantial bets on every Democratic president uh, without ideology, just as a financial hedge. Interesting. So I'm not, I don't, <laughs> I don't really have that much of a, a political agenda. I think when you get a little older, you, you get to be more cynical about, you know, who doesn't, you know, the country manages to move on regardless who's president. And I think most people are defined by the choices they make themselves every day, not the choices that are made for them in Washington. I think that's probably true. Um, Roxy, so obviously uh, two Bush victories, 2000 and 2004, uh, the first, mm-hmm. of, the first of which was a, a popular vote defeat, but an electoral college win. Uh, then it was Obama mm-hmm. in 2008 and 2012. You just referred to uh, the Trump victory over Hillary Clinton in 2016, that the, the Truman-Dewey mm-hmm. election reminded you of that. Um, did you immediately think of that when the, when, when watching the broadcast in 2016 and when it was apparent that things were turning, we knew in, mm-hmm. uh, in offshore markets that H- Hillary had been a, a large favorite, but then as election night went on and you saw the key swing states shifting and those odds yeah. finally dramatically changed, was that immediately the election you thought of? Were you amazed at how wrong the conventional wisdom polling was? What was your reaction to that? Well, the first thing I thought about was Brexit, but uh, I just developed the narrative with the Truman um, Dewey election when the media actually, you know, did an analysis of themselves where they'd got it wrong and where some of the pollsters had got it wrong. And basically, they just ignored the middle of the country. And um, no, when it was going on, I was thinking Brexit um, because... um, Bookmakers had a, didn't have the right price on uh, Brexit either. I had a Trump uh, Brexit parlay that paid, uh, I think, 11 to 1. Uh, <laughs> Where did you get but, that, Roxy? Where was that parlay available? From an, from an English bookmaker. But I took uh, a pretty—I took, I took the intended hit that I was supposed to take on the uh, Clinton election. I always knew I was going to make a six-figure bet on her and— um, just because, you know, like I said, for financial reasons earlier, and then all you try to do is get the best price. But on election night, um, I can't exactly remember what time it was. It's in my timeline somewhere, but it, it started to look, I think I put it on Twitter, that it looks like my uh, Brexit Trump parley might be in with a shot. Uh, and it turned out it did cash, but, uh, you know, I had a, that was a small bet. So apolitically speaking then, Roxy, uh, and I'm not asking you to, uh, to sort of do anything but speculate here, but headed yeah. into the first debate tonight, uh, the first of three, the election obviously November 3rd this year, do you have any sense of the polling right now? Do you, do you have an instinct that it is correct uh, with Biden as a slight favorite in the electoral, uh, slight favorite in the betting markets, as uh, sort of a reflection of what the uh, the Electoral College might show right now? Or do you not trust it at, at all, polling now at this point, after having witnessed everything you have through your lifetime? 
I think the polling's better than the betting market on this one. Interesting. Um, I think a lot of people probably were stung in uh, the election four years ago. Something is disconnected here in this election. Uh, if you take a look at Biden's overall price, the consensus now is about 130 to 135. Um, it doesn't match up with the individual state voting. For example, uh, the individual state polls show them that Michigan and Pennsylvania aren't going to be a problem for them. And they actually show that uh, he's sort of close in Georgia and Iowa, which are two states that he probably shouldn't be close in. So if you take a look at the results of the election, you know, the one thing that is not, it doesn't have any chance of happening is the Trump landslide. And then you have to sort of work from there. And I think that if you look at this, you have to decide what's better, the state polling or the uh, polling to be president. And um, or not that, well, the polling is better at the national level because there's more of them. But in the betting markets, I probably think that the state market state betting markets might be a little more efficient um, because the limits are smaller and it's a narrower uh, type of people that are interested in it and they're a little sharper. So there's a big disconnect there. Now, I'm not pointing yet to the winner, but it's, Biden should be more like $1.75 or $1.80 if, if you add up the prices in the states. I think I agree with you. Again, apolitically speaking, don't let the hate wash over me on Twitter. But I do think this is why Biden was always the Democrats' best candidate because of what he could do in the Rust Belt states and in the swing states in general. So, so we're talking, by the way, to Roxy Roxborough, in case you're landing on us right now, from Phuket, Thailand, a legendary figure here in, in Las Vegas who— uh, was responsible for the uh, Las Vegas line from Las Vegas Sports Consultants for so many years. Guessing Lines, the show that I do with Chrissy Andrews, is a tribute to the old Stardust radio show uh, that he used to do on NFL Sundays. Uh, so the, the obvious question here to, to ask you, Roxy, is we talk to Jimmy Vaccaro about this all the time through the years. Jimmy is famous for saying, hey, you know, if they allowed betting uh, legally on a American, you know, uh, presidential election, well, that would really bring out the vote. Uh, I don't think anybody doubts that. What is your position on that? How do you view that possibility? Gee, I don't know if it bring out the vote. Uh, I, I couldn't comment on that. I, I think that it's a little, is it, first of all, it's probably the largest non-financial betting event that there is in the world. However, uh, it's only every four years. Some elections uh, aren't going to set up to be close, or the betting isn't going to be close like this one. And I'm not exactly sure uh, if this is in the best interest of sports books to be taking bets uh, three, four years in advance on accounts where people have money posted up, because um, that, that money is dead for so long. There's no churning coming out of it. I mean, people like to bet stuff like that. And of course, in Nevada, you don't keep you don't get to keep the uh, the money. Um, you'd have to post a bond for all your unpaid future bets, so you don't get you don't get to do anything with the for the money. But it's a big betting event to give you an idea. So Betfair bet so far has matched about 125 million U.S. dollars on the, on this election. Um, of course, they double count that, but um, so it's probably like 65 million or. or 60-some million. Um, but there's also a, a rules minefield out there. I mean, for people who think they can arbitrage this, I think they've got another thing coming, because I'm look, I'll look, give you three places with separate rules. There's uh, one book that uh, will pay who uh, on who takes the oath of office on January 19th or 20th, whatever it is. Now, that actually gives a, probably a boost Pence and Harris price a little bit, uh, just because, you know, there's some chance that one of these guys might not make it. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe throw maybe a half a percent each. Uh, there's another book that pays after the Electoral College meets, which I think is the first week in January. There's another book that wants to pay who they think will win, who it's, no one will win after the election day. And then it gets more, and then when you get into Senate betting, who takes control of the Senate, then you just run into rules that are incredibly complex. 
and uh, they just can't even be arbitraged, even if you wanted to. They're so bizarre. So it, there's, there's, it's, it's like a wild, wild west with the rules. Everybody has their own rules, and some have made up the rules as they've gone along. So, I'm, you know, I'm a little surprised by your answer there. I thought you would, as passionate as you are about this subject, that mm-hmm. f- from the bookmaking end of things, that you would have been more bullish on this. But that's not at all the case, as I'm here. You, you do, is it something just, not only, f- not only as a betting market, uh, through the prism of the betting market, are you making that assessment? Is there, is there part of you that also morally just wants to separate betting from something like an election? Is that part of it or, or, or not? Well, now that you brought that up, I'm not that moral, but uh, now that you brought <laughs> that up, you, you do bring, I was, I was serving you up. Point. I see. <laughs> you, the question is, where do you draw the line? I mean, would you, would you take a bet on the um, election for um, Esmeralda County uh, auditor? Uh, where there might be less than 50 votes cashed. I mean, you have to draw the line somewhere, right? And would it be only national elections? Um, so there ha- would have to be some line drawn there. Um, I'm sort of ambivalent about it. Look, it's, it would be a massive publicity uh, for any any uh, book could get their own PR department just with the local election odds. There's no question about it. No question about it. I, and I think, you know, look, I'll be honest with you. I've said on this show in the last week, I'll, I'll reiterate it later. I'm, I have bets on tonight's debate, for goodness sake, Roxy. Will Trump yeah. wear a mask? Will Biden wear a mask? By the way, you're right. It's all very, prop, you know, very carefully worded, entering the stage. Um, so there is no limit to the amount that I want to bet this. In fact, pre-pandemic, right after the Australian Open, there was nothing I enjoyed talking more about than election betting, apolitically speaking, because I think uh, this audience is uh, mature enough to just you know want to make money doing this. But I find it so fascinating. And you know, look, it's it's not like golf; it's not the next sport more most ripe for a betting revolution, as I like to say. Golf is, but it's certainly something that I think has a huge growth, uh, you know, graph to be had. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. it's fascinating to get that perspective on, on everything and, uh, and interested from you specifically because you have the most experience or, or, or certainly uh, no one has more experience than you do uh, in all of this, both from, as you say, the legal bookmaking side and perhaps from your perspective from the legal side. Uh, could you stay with us five more minutes because I do want to – do you have any baseball thoughts on this playoffs that begin today and continue tomorrow? No, I have something – actually, no, because uh... – this is, uh, I think it's, other than I'd have a hard time laying any favorites in the first round. Okay, but you have, something, you have something else to say about the elections? Did I catch you about to say something? Yeah, internals. Okay, internals. We'll get to that. A little more. Five well, more minutes with Roxy. Hang, on, hang tight, Roxy, because i got to go to break. We'll come right back. Roxy Roxford from Phuket, Thailand, right here on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Skill Alexander, it is a numbers game right here at Visa. And Roxy Roxborough, kind enough to join us from Phuket, Thailand. Uh, Roxy, if I might talk out of school for a second, I know uh, you've got better things to do here in five minutes, but I think you've gotten a head start on that. Is that correct? Are you enjoying yourself right now? A little, little better? I am. Little, actually, incredibly fast 30 minutes. I'm having a good time, actually. A little beverage to your right? You're, you're doing okay? Just notice yeah, it. Whitford double O. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to bring it up. Point it out. Uh, uh, don't worry. Um, stories get better. Stories do get you, You're also saying the facts get a little looser, though. So we want to get you in before we before you get out of here. Uh, all right. So internals in our final five minutes here. We'll explain that to us. Well, what I find pretty fascinating is uh, a Senate race, uh, Iowa, between Joni Ernst and Teresa Grenfell. And the reason is that Ernst is continuously um, running behind Trump in Iowa, and uh, yet she's favored in this Senate election. And that probably means people have to split their tickets, which really hasn't happened much. The press is always talking about, well, people will go vote for Biden and they'll vote for Republican candidates for the Senate. That's really never borne out. It's basically the people to defend, they either get reelected or they don't. And I think that's a pretty, pretty interesting one. Another one where the internals are, are sort of discombobulated is that 
McSally, also an incumbent in Arizona, has always trailed um, her opponent by five or eight percentage points. And yet that's very close, that state. So she's running way behind Trump. And I, I think that probably, if, if that's true, that doesn't bode well for the Republicans keeping the Senate, because they're, these are two candidates that are running way, be, way behind the, the president. Something to keep an eye on for sure. How do you take in your—I don't know if you're going to watch the debate tonight, uh, certainly on election night. Are you still going to be in Thailand on November 3rd? I will. Um, it wasn't my intention. I wanted to be back there for the opening of Circa. I just don't think it's the right time to travel back there right now. I'm, Thailand, I'm pretty close to a normal life here in Thailand. Uh, you know, we don't we don't have lockdowns anymore, and we don't have much of a spread. I'm not saying it's not coming, like, a, again— but right now, it's probably not the right time to go back. So I'll be I'll be watching here yeah. and uh, sweating it out here. The debate I don't care too much about. Actually, it was a poll that said only three percent of people could have their mind changed by the debate. But it will get big numbers anyway. I think the one thing on the debate that's sort of interesting, um, and I'll leave you with this, is that I don't see anything can really happen unless one guy falls off the stage tonight. <laughs> Literally or figuratively. I mean, literally falls off the stage. I, I don't think it's going to change anybody's mind. Literally. That, now, there that would be that. something. Yeah, there there is no prop for that, to our knowledge, Roxy. Uh, if there was, I'm sure there would be betting. Uh, you know what? It's always a possibility. Uh, we shall see. Roxy, listen, I, I can't thank you enough. Uh, I know that it's, it's a 14-hour difference between here in Pacific time zone in the U.S. and Phuket. So it, uh, you're about to start your evening and I appreciate, on behalf of everybody, appreciate you taking the time. You are always welcome. You are never in danger of being overexposed, okay? <laughs> well, thank you very much, Gil. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Roxy, doing the smart thing, not traveling, uh, just being safe uh, during this strange 2020. Uh, interesting things there, Jason, uh, that we got to run back on social and on the podcast, specifically that point about Above all the others, the one about polling to him being more accurate than the betting market right now. He's got Biden at about minus 175, minus 180 uh, for the reasons he stated. The state-by-state polls are not the same as the nationals. I agree with that. I think the national polls are a little janky, to use a technical term. Uh, But uh, but other stuff, too, the the, uh, historical insight that that Dewey Truman might be the sort of uh, the comp, the historical comp to... 2016, uh, when we saw Trump out of nowhere, quote unquote, uh, beating Hillary Clinton, just the the misassessment of what happened in the middle part of the country. Uh, Always fascinating and so thankful to have Roxy on. Baseball, four games today, eight tomorrow to start out the baseball playoffs. We got Jason Weingarten. uh, We got Paul Sporer. Full preview and then Drew Densick, tennis, basketball and football. It's a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network. Uh, let's talk baseball. Let's bring him in. He loves baseball more than you love anything. From Fangraphs, it's Paul Spore. How you doing, Paulie? Uh, doing well. How are you? I'm doing well, man. I, you know, after all, after that bit of news this morning, I can't wait to watch some baseball today. Can't wait. Uh, best of threes begin in the American League. Then we have eight games, American League and National League, tomorrow. It is baseball nirvana. Uh, I know you feel the same. Let's talk about the uh, four games today real quick. Get your thoughts on them. Since there are only four, we can do all of them. Uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Houston and Minnesota, the the uh, 3-6 game, if you will, in the American League, the first game of their best of three, with Houston getting into the postseason with a uh, losing record. Granky against Maeda, the Twins minus 171-ish consensus. Your thoughts here? I'm actually pretty intrigued by this game. And I'm obviously a lot of these game ones are going to set the tone for these three game series. You get, you get out to that one game lead. You're going to be feeling really good about yourself. I kind of like Houston here. I kind of like them both for the game and the series. I know they're coming in with a losing record, which by the way, is a big reason why I do not want this playoff series uh, for the future for, for a full season in this season. I understood it. The dust really hasn't settled when you only play two months. I'm okay with it. But for the future, for full six months, I don't want it. I don't want to be the NBA with uh, sub-500 teams making the playoffs. At any rate, I think Houston comes in a little bit under the radar because of that record and looking like a beat-up 
kind of ugly team. Offense is still a pretty strong lineup. And here's the thing. We know from data that how you play coming in into the playoffs is irrelevant one way or the other. Sometimes when you're hot, you stay hot. Great. Sometimes when you're hot, you nosedive and vice versa. The data is inconclusive, so it doesn't matter. This is still a lineup that can catch fire. They got three good starters in Granky McCullers, Valdez, and then Urquidy and Javier are going to join the bullpen and really strengthen that aspect of it. Because right now, it's, it's a pretty weak bullpen. Mm-hmm. But when you throw those two starters in there, I think that really changes things. So, yeah, as much as I like Minnesota, I think it's a good club. Their offense started to turn it around a bit, even though it was still an underperforming uh, offense. I'm going to go with the Astros here to pull the upset. I know that uh, th- this is strength versus strength or uh, strength versus weakness, really home twins versus road Astros uh, were, were some pretty astounding records, but I think the Astros are going to surprise some folks in the playoffs. Yes. You like it for the series as well. Then I do. I do. Who besides the Astros, Paulie, uh, that point you make is a great one benefits most from shifting starters to the pen in this postseason. I think it's unquestionably them uh, that the Astros do. I also think that the Cubs do remember this is a ball club that I got wrong. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll own that for sure. I did not see them winning the division. I didn't even see them making the playoffs and it was because of their pitching. I saw, you know, the, the top two Darvish and Hendricks and then little else. And I gotta be honest over the six months, I might've been proven right. Uh, I took a Mia culpa on, on the two month season, but their pitching has really, really been taking on water outside of those two studs, but they're going to throw a couple guys in the bullpen here to where they only have to go Darvish Hendricks. And I'm not sure if they've chosen yet between like playoff Lester, which I understand because he's a veteran and all that. Uh, but that means that Adbert Alzelay is going to be coming out of the bullpen. Alec Mills coming out of the bullpen. That's really going to strengthen what they have. Cause they did have a few guys emerge. Even Kimbrell's looked pretty great over the last couple of weeks, Jeremy Jeffress, a couple others. So I think the Cubs will also benefit. Although I also have them getting upset by the Marlins in the first round. Ooh. And of course, Cubs Marlins game one is tomorrow. We have to bring you back tomorrow to talk about all the national league games uh, and the game twos in the American league tomorrow. Uh, as far as the rest of today, after uh, the Astros and the twins start first pitch at 2 PM Eastern, 11 AM Pacific, an hour later, love these little staggered starts, 3 PM, uh, Eastern, 12 noon Pacific. It's the White Sox at Oakland, the 7-2 game, if you will. Game one of the best of three at Oakland. Lucas Giolito against Luzardo going for Oakland. Uh, White Sox actually the favorite here at minus 120, game one. You know, I also uh, I, I love these staggered starts here, but they did the A's kind of dirty putting them that early there. You couldn't, you couldn't figure some things out. True. You know, make them that uh, that 4 p.m. Central game or something. This is a great matchup, though, off rip here, Giolito versus Lazardo. Um, I'm I'm really torn on this series, and and this goes to the, uh, the the whole point I was trying to make earlier about how how you perform coming into the playoffs is generally irrelevant to how you're going to perform in the playoffs. I like this Oakland club. We've talked about uh, our mutual like for them and and what they can offer handicapping wise millions of times on this show. But I think they're actually going to drop this one, uh, starting with game one here with Lucas Giolito and the White Sox. I think that they are going to turn things around. I, I almost wish, I, I was kind of hoping that they might be a dog because of how poorly they played. But of course, Vegas is more than on top of that sort of uh, factor about, about how you play coming into the playoffs. But uh, I do like the White Sox here. I think what they've really shown with their offense being excellent, strong pitching, and a bullpen that has added some. They have some of the most off the radar pieces that folks are going to learn about. Garrett Crochet is already starting to get some some uh, cachet lately because he he just got drafted this year. But Cody Hauer, Matt Foster, a couple other guys, Aaron Bummer back from the IL, Alex Colome, Evan Marshall, their bullpen runs deep. I think this White Sox team has a chance to make a run. I think they're going to take game one and win this series. All right. Writing this down, Jason Astros and White Sox game one and series for Paul Spore. Uh, and then 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. All right. Don't break my heart here, Paul. Uh, Toronto and Tampa Bay, the eight one shoemaker against Snell, uh, the lefty for the uh, Rays. Rays prohibitive favorites here. Minus 185, minus 190, somewhere in that pocket. Similarly priced for the series as well. You know, it's it's such a strong uh, starter advantage there that I, that I definitely have to lean toward the Rays here with with Blake Snell. 
this is going to be, I think it's going to be a really great series. It, it has the opportunity to be really fun series. It's division rivals going toe to toe. I like this Toronto ball club. We've spoken about them a few different times this year as an upstart that we were really liking what they could do and how in a two month season, they really had an opportunity to make some noise. And I, I think they can, I really do. I think they've been, uh, I think somebody uh, told me that they're being strategic about starting Ryu the second game instead of the first, uh, just in case their backs against the wall, they have their ACE. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that because it's not like he gets an easy matchup against glass. Now you don't really want to go down one Oh, but I think they do indeed go down one Oh. I think Snell uh, puts up five, six really strong innings. Obviously they've got bullpen pieces for days. Um, I like this Toronto team, but it might just be that they ran into the buzzsaw of Tampa Bay. Might be, uh, as you know, you've been bullish on the blue Jays as well. I have a 200 to one, uh, on the heels of the Blue Jays' season win total over cashing, I have the Blue Jays at 200 to one from way back in March to win it all. I do have the Reds and the Indians as well. Reds at f- at 39 to one, the Tribe at 19 to one, which I got both last week to win it all. And I will say this about the Blue Jays: one, I'm not getting excited about it. But if they get past the Rays, I will be insufferable <laughs> on this show. Uh, yeah, I'm okay forward. with that, right? Yeah. yeah. If they get that first round in, yeah. I think that will build a lot of confidence, which I know is kind of a difficult thing to calculate and all that. But yeah, if they get by, by that first round, I would start to get the big head confidence as well. All right. We got 60 seconds. The marquee matchup pitching wise is the uh, night cap tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. The Yankees and the Tribe. Cole against Bieber. It's a coin flip. As it should be. Uh, one, one of the greatest matchups that you can have in baseball right now. I cannot wait for this game. Um, you know, it, it, people are going to be trying to manage watching the debate at the same time. I don't care. I got to watch this game front and center. Give me Bieber. Give me the Indians overall in the series as well. Yankees going down. Can't wait to see this though. I really hope it leads up, uh, leads the buildup. They both go seven, eight innings and it's like two, two to one. I, I really want to see that kind of game. Tonight. I do too. And I'm, I'm on the tribe. As I just mentioned, I, I hope that's the case. Uh, you're right. That on one screen, silent, and then I'll have the debate on the other, hoping Trump refers to his Nobel Prize nomination for a big, big cash <laughs> on a debate prop. All right. Uh, so Astros and White Sox, a lot of conviction there. Uh, Paul likes the tribe as well. And uh, sadly, but understandably, leads towards the Rays. Let's do this again tomorrow, Paulie. I'll contact you. We'll get together. We'll uh, do the National League and the American League game twos tomorrow. Sounds great, Gil. My man, Paul Spore from Fangraphs, also the host of the Sleeper and the Bust podcast at Spore, S-P-O-R-E-R, on Twitter. Uh, let's bring him in from somewhere under a cloud of smoke in Southern California. At Spreadopedia, it's Jason Weingarten. Good morning to you, Jason. Uh-oh, he's under he's underwater as well. Jason, you hear me? There you, you hear me? There you go. Now we hear you perhaps louder than any human should hear another. Uh, good to hear from you, Jason. Uh, what a day. Yeah. What a day today and tomorrow. Best of threes getting underway uh, in the American League today. Nationally getting underway with game twos in the American League tomorrow. Eight games tomorrow. But for today, before the uh, before the mayhem really gets underway tomorrow, all in the American League, let's do these. We'll do game one in series. We'll do them together. Uh, we have a little time to do them. We'll go through the break. But it begins today with Houston at Minnesota. Granky and Maeda. Astros plus 150-ish now in this game. They are dogs in the series. Would you like to comment on either the game or the series, sir, or both? Let's let's go with the game. I actually have three bets on that game. Ooh, all right. So let's get, we'll get started, started off hot. I like I bet it. The Astros plus 150, I bet over seven and a half, and I bet first inning, yes, score plus 125. Man. Coming, coming out strong. All right, you, you, and uh, Paul Spore is with you too. I'm with you guys as well. I like that price on the Astros today. You like them in the series or no? Yeah, I mean they're they're going to be a hard out. They're yeah. they're a professional team. You know, I, I don't like them personally, but I like them as a you know group of guys who can give the Twins a run for their money. A politically speaking, it's what we do. We can just use that phrase for every segment we do. All right, then it's the White. So you're all over the place with the Astros. So there you go. So Jason on Houston today at plus 150, over seven and a half. Yes, run scored plus 125. Likes him in the series as well. Uh, yes, run scored first inning, that is. White Sox, Oakland, second game. This one is an hour start after Houston, Minnesota. This one's at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific. White Sox, Oakland, Giolito, Lazardo, the matchup. For the White Sox and the Athletics, respectively. White Sox, minus 
mm, let's call it minus 120 here in game one. I'm on Oakland. I'm on Oakland. If you can get plus 120, I think that's an excellent price. I think they're the better team. Would you play it at, let's see, I'm seeing plus 110 consensus. Would you still play it at that number? Yeah, still play it down to 110. Still good, still good at 110. Okay. You like him in the series as well, then, I would imagine. These best of three. So it's hard It's hard to like game one and then not the same team in the series, right? Yeah, of course. I like them. I like them to, to win the AL, personally. Oh, that's uh, that's my uh, my AL pick would be the Oakland A's. All right, we'll effort what we're seeing. What did you get the A's at for the uh, American League? Me, I did. I bet the I bet the exact matchup, uh, A's versus Dodgers. I think, yeah, obviously Dodgers. Uh, I think I got it at like forty-one to one or something. Jeez, I love the exactest forty-one to one. What what uh, what do you see before I let go of that game? What do you, what is it about the Athletics that make you makes you think that's the team to beat in the AL? Uh, well, I think against against the White Sox, particularly, I think the White Sox were one of those teams that got a little bit of an inflated record, beating up on you know the Pirates and Royals for for a week at a time. Uh, I just think the A's better team, better bullpen. Uh, probably could match them home run power, you know? So what's, what's my, uh, what, well, I just don't like the, the white Sox. I think, I think you're going to get really good price. Like, like, uh, A's, A's being a dog in game one, I guess it's Giolito, but just it's too high. I'm going to get yeah. good prices with them every game this series. Yeah. I, I, I'm interested that you, you have them going throughout the entire American league though. Okay. So athletics plus plus one twenty. Jason got them today at plus plus one twenty. You could still get the athletics at plus plus one ten. gets the white Sox today. <laughs> Second game of four in major league baseball. He's even got the A's and the Dodgers. For those of you who have access to exact as exact matchups in the world series, he's got the A's and the Dodgers at 41 to one. Uh, we'll get into Toronto, Tampa Bay and the Yankees in Cleveland. And anything that's posted tomorrow, uh, we'll look ahead as well. Jason Weingarten, a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, coming right back. Jason, you've given us a bevy of picks already. Houston plus 150 today, over 7.5. Yes, run will be scored first inning, plus 125. You lean to Houston on the series. Athletics at plus 110 today against the White Sox. You have the A's winning the AL. You have the A's versus the Dodgers at 41-1. to one. Do People have exactas. Let's go to game three today, also in the American League. Uh, this is, of course, uh, the one that precedes the uh, the marquee matchup. This is Toronto and Tampa Bay, the 8-1, if you will. Tampa Bay is about minus 185-ish, minus 190 in game one. It's Shoemaker against uh, Shoemaker going up against Snell. The Blue Jays, and perhaps justifiably so, big underdogs here. Uh, just, just to clarify real quick, that exacta, the Dodgers A's exacta is from March. So I don't, I don't know what the price is now, but I'm pretty sure it's not 41 to one anymore. Yeah. Okay. From March. Yeah. My blue Jays 200 to one is from March as well. That's certainly not available. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, Game one or series here? Uh, with this blue Jays? Yes. Anything? I bet, I bet blue Jays game one. I think, uh, I think Blue Jays are going to be a hard out this postseason in a three-game series. Jason, if they get by Tampa Bay, this is going to be, I'm going to hang on every (laughs) at-bat. Let's just put it that way. All right, Jason's got Toronto plus 175. Now, Toronto, I said moments ago, if you like a team in game one, you probably like them in the series. Is that the case for Toronto or not so fast? Uh, I have no, no play on the series. Uh, just a uh, just a numbers play for game one. It's okay. uh, high for, yeah. for the Blue Jays. I agree with that. All right, and then the nightcap tonight. This is 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Uh, we already said on this show, have this game on one screen, have maybe the debate on the other. It's the marquee pitching matchup. Garrett Cole for the Yankees. This is what they brought him over for, but his barrel percentage has been double this year than it was last year, the opposing batter's barrel percentage. Against Shane Bieber, perhaps your leader in the clubhouse for AL Cy Young, uh, Cy Young Award for the Tribe. This is a coin flip in game one, Jason. Minus 105 is being dealt on each side. The total is six and a half. You might even see some threes for the first five. How are you playing this? So I uh, have sort of a, a slightly more complex strategy for this game, although it's, it's actually pretty simple. Uh, 
I, I'm I'm interested in the total, but it's just not there. Like if it was like a flat six or like a six plus or six and a half, like plus one ten or something, I'd I'd be more compelled. But uh, so I'm gonna play the first inning. I'm I'm looking for the best first inning prices I can. I already got some plus one forty five, but I'm gonna wait till about an hour hour or hour thirty minutes before the game because I know if I'm already getting one forty five now. I'll see 155. I'll probably see 160. I don't know how high it's going to go, but I know it's going to keep going higher. Um, so after I bet that, I'm going to watch the first inning, and hopefully I'm going to win my bet. If I win my bet, I'm not going to bet anymore. If I don't win my bet, then I probably will jump in on the live total because it should be five and a half or five by the second inning. So, so that's let, the way I'm playing that game. So let me clarify what you just said. Jason is playing the first inning, yes that a run will be scored in the yes inning, Bieber versus Cole. The yes right now, plus 145, but by game time, could even have more bang for your buck. If he hits that, he's standing pat. If he doesn't, he will jump in on the live total over on whatever is being dealt. Five-ish you hope to get over on, that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, you're probably going to get a, a full run off the, the pregame total by the second inning, and maybe, maybe a run and a half or so if, you, know, you get it with like one out in the second inning or something, but uh, yeah, I like the over. I just don't like it enough to to bet it six and a half, even even down to even if it gets down to even money. Okay, we have uh, all four game twos in the American League of this best of three. Now remember, these are all in the home parks. The best of threes are all in the home parks of the uh, the higher seeded team, the team that had the better record in the regular season. So the one, two, threes, and fours in both the American and National Leagues. Then after these best of threes are decided, the eight teams that advance will actually have a few days off, four days off, I think, uh, to be precise, to go into the bubbles. Uh, the respective bubbles around the country, and then we will play bubble baseball from that point forward. But as far as tomorrow's concerned, we will have the game twos in the American League. We don't really have lines uh, for obvious reasons. Those games haven't been played yet today, so those got to play out before we really have lines for those tomorrow. (laughs) National League game ones, I'm just looking up and down here, Jason. We don't really know who's pitching for Milwaukee yet. We don't really know who's pitching for San Diego, I don't think. Miami and Chicago seems to be up in the air. The only the only game we have the pitchers and lines that are widespread is the first game tomorrow between the Reds and the Braves, the 7-2, if you will. It's noon. These games tomorrow are noon, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 7, and 10 p.m. Eastern. My goodness, is that going to be awesome. But the first game, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, right after we get off the air. Bauer against Freed. Good matchup. Cincinnati, plus 122. This has got to be a play on the Reds here, right? Yeah, I'm definitely leaning towards the Reds. I haven't, I haven't bet it yet. I'm, uh, I'm a big Trevor Bauer fan. I have a Cy Young future on him that uh, is either going to get first or second place. Um, I, not that I don't like Max Fried, but I, I think plus one twenty-one is, it's a really that offense and that, that stadium. Uh, I would also look at the first. Oh, Jason, let's let's rearrange. You're underwater again. So he's on Cincinnati for the game. Can you hear me, Jason? Let's yeah. Get, let's get you back from underwater. Whatever you did, let's shift back. You okay now? Let's hear you. Yeah, yeah. You're... Okay, there you go. You're back. All right. So Cincinnati in the game plus one twenty two. And what else are you betting? Probably the first inning when those lines go up, either late tonight or tomorrow. First inning, yes, again, just to clarify for people. Yes. First inning, yes. I actually, I bet first, I bet first inning, yes, on every game today. Only four of them. I'm fairly certain I'll bet first inning, yes, on almost every game tomorrow, too. Just FYI. Because aces abound. So that could be, uh, that could be where. Uh, Jason is doing could be all four today, all eight tomorrow. Certainly all four today. He's already he's already done that. Uh, any other thoughts? We don't have you know widespread lines for any of the other games tomorrow yet, uh, but we do know some of the matchups. Is there anything you're looking for? Is there anything else you've bet futures wise? Let's go there or series wise. Well, if 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 there's anything I'm looking for, I'm particularly looking for one thing, and that's anybody, any book in Vegas 
or offshore or anywhere that wants to book like maybe five to ten thousand dollars on you darvish winning the Cy Young so I can hedge my uh Trevor Bauer ticket. So I'm, I'm looking for that. If anybody's listening who can help. Um, I, love, I just love the idea of you have me throwing some at you. Like I'm going to use this platform for my own personal uh, financial uh, financial. Well, this, is very, this is very important. I have, I have an un- unhedged ticket. That's either going to get first or second place. It's very important. Yeah. For his own financial dealings. All right. So anybody out there who's willing to uh, book five to 10 K on you Darvish, uh, Jason needs the help to uh, to uh, solidify his position in that market. <laughs> All right, any other series prices you're playing here? Any other futures real quick in the last 60 seconds? I really, really, really want to play the Marlins just for the Hilarious Marlins advance, but I think if you wait a little bit longer, same thing, you're going to get a good price. Um, some of these dog prizes don't really excite me in the first round. I thought we'd get some better numbers. Uh, if I had to pick another one, I'd Think I think San Diego is just ripe for an upset. Me too. I, I, just, Me I don't too. know why. Yeah, but it's, it's too it. high. That price is too high on San Diego. Like I get it, they're a great story, they're a good team, but the starting pitching alone doesn't justify such a high price against the Cardinals. Yeah, like like you said, you lose game one. That's it. You're on the road. Yeah, and just to clarify, you said you want to bet Miami just for the giggles of it. Is that what you said? Oh, we lost. A real high price and. Yes, I, I like Miami a little bit. All right. We apologize for the audio. Kind of uh, faltered there at the end. But we got we got all of that. We got most of it, I think, if not all, from Jason Weingarten. We'll try to get Jason and Paul back on uh, soon. Paul certainly again tomorrow. Good luck with everything. We will follow the NFL story throughout the day right here at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Yeah. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.